Give me the flats of dawn. Give me the flats of dawn. With plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Interesting. I'm all by myself. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Anyhow, welcome to the Monday Night Kickoff Show. I am your host, as always, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. My co-host, Pepe Vidal, is sitting at duck camp right now, sitting there in the parking lot awaiting tomorrow morning's opening to uh, be able to head out and do some some more duck hunting. So far, so good from him, what it seems. It's not been great, but it's been decent. That's awesome. So, last week, uh, let's see, it was windy, it was rainy. It was windy, it was rainy, it was windy, it was rainy, pretty much. I don't know how many people got out and actually got some fishing done. I know I saw that Justin Ritchie and a couple other folks went out there and found some <clears throat> found some snook, found a couple of reds, maybe a trout or two. Um, weather pattern for this upcoming week is looking a little bit better. Um, this, this evening it was flat calm on the river. I mean, absolutely flat calm, driving down. U.S. one past the river, I was just dying. Just no rod in the car, no place to stop. It sucked. But today was part of a uh, of a moving forward moment for me. We uh, loaded up the Gorichki mobile, headed over to the west coast. Let's see the fine folks over at the tackle shack. And uh, pick up my new boat, the uh, Hobie Pro Angler 17T. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, super excited about it, believe it or not. Very excited to have an opportunity to get out and take that boat and do things with it that I don't think were intended to be done with it as far as how it can be used for our area down here. And there's a lot of folks that have been looking at it and questioning whether or not it makes sense to have it, being that it's 17 feet long and over 200 pounds. 
but as soon as uh, I laid eyes on it this year at ICAST, I knew for sure I needed to have one. It's going to open up a whole new set of possibilities for us to um, stock fish in shallow water, especially using fly rods um, from the 17. It's got enough room up front for me to put my stripping basket so somebody can stand up on the front. I could sit down on the back and pedal around and you know put people on fish or get put on fish, vice versa, whatever the case may be. So very, very excited. Very excited. Very tired. It's a long trip. Guests, if you're listening in, I see there's a couple of you in the chat room. If you'd like to join the chat room, feel free to do so. Just log in using one of your social media accounts. You can use Facebook or Twitter. I think that that's, uh, I don't know if you can sign up on Instagram or not. But there is that. So, uh, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot going on. Coming up in the next couple of days, we've got, well, actually the next couple of weeks, of course, we have Thanksgiving coming forward, and everybody, I hope, has a, a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving. But after that, the, December the 6th at KBB Outfitters, we're going to have a somewhat of a full-day session of seminars. Um, I know Tammy Wilson and Vicki Saley are doing a all-ladies kayak fishing seminar over by the Max Brewer Bridge. And uh, I believe that that is free. You just got to sign up on on social media. You can find more information at the KBB Outfitters Facebook page. We got Mike Welsh and non-pro staff Murdoch here in the chat room. Can you guys hear me all right? Can you guys type something? I'm sitting here talking to myself, I feel like. Check the studio, see if we've had any callers, and we do. Let's see, hang on. What's up? Hey, 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 what's going on? Captain Alex Gritschke, Local Lines Guide Service. The road crew. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I got you, buddy. All right. No crap, the road crew. So, uh... That was a fun experience. Yeah, it was uh, uh fun Pro Staff Murdoch says hang on hang on a second. Pro Staff Murdoch says, uh, guess you were going to Louisiana now. No, probably not. <laughs> I'd like to, man, but that's that's a long trip and that's a lot of money to invest in fishing a tournament for me. And uh Alex and I were actually talking about that, were we not? Uh, yeah, we were. It was, uh, you know, it was definitely definitely a discussion brought up in our hours of road time today. Um, you know, it's a tempting one, mostly mostly because of the location. Um, it happens, you know, it's one of my one of my bucket list spots um, anywhere over there in Louisiana. Uh, that's a good area, so it's definitely a definitely a tempting situation. Yeah. Well, unless something drastic happens between now and then, I, I seriously doubt we'll be going to Louisiana for the Adventure Fishing World Championships. Yeah, unfortunately. That's the, uh, yeah, so 
we took a little bit of a road trip, as I was saying earlier. Uh, drove over to the St. Pete area, and uh, we, were, we were lucky enough to uh, I was lucky enough to convince Alex to drive all the way over across the state to help me pick up my new kayak. So uh, it was it me, Alex, Stephen Lester, and Captain Pat Murphy. Talk about a motley crew. Um, never a dull mo- Yeah. Never a dull moment around any of those individuals, I guess including myself, but uh, put the four of us together in a uh, small SUV, and it's bound to get interesting. The, GoPro, the GoPros and the uh, Intova cameras were were going at full bore <laughs> most of the trip, so um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of all that, or maybe it won't be. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering how much of it will actually be uh, rated low enough to be shown to anybody. It was it was pretty crazy. We had a good time though. Um, God, but no matter how many times you look at a PA17, it just it 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 always seems to look bigger. And that thing is it, a beast. It, it, it's it's like the embodiment of it grows on you. It's uh, it is it's a it's a battleship. Uh, Nair, I say it's a pirate ship. <laughs> it will look a lot like a pirate ship here shortly, I would venture to say. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Mike Welsh says he's targeting swordfish tomorrow. I guess he's going out on a charter down in South Florida. I'm guessing. Good luck from his kayak. Mike? I don't know. Crazy. That's that's an that's an interesting prospect. Deep dropping in sixteen hundred foot for a daytime swordfish in a kayak. It can happen. I mean, if a guy can bring up a six scale shark from New, New Zealand, uh, yeah. you know, in in twenty five hundred feet of water, you can catch a sword. Well, you can hook a swordfish from a kayak, not from a kayak. He's not doing it from a kayak. <laughs> I'm still I'm still dying to get get the ride we need to get out there to uh get out to the other side to do the do the real tuna fishing with them. Oh, yeah. I think it was interesting. Five eight. Yeah. I think this I think this summer um I think this summer we need to make that happen with somebody. Whether it's uh Brad out there uh spalding on the brassy hooker or or it's uh Maybe one of the fired up charter boats because I know one of those guys have radar. It's uh, I think that's one of those trips I'd like to try to make happen. Uh, that'd be awesome. It would be awesome for sure. Um, Gary, there's always Gary too. He just put a he just installed a kayak rack on the front of the sport fisherman. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, could be interesting. So he's not going in a kayak. Okay, cool. Let's see, let's establish that. Let's go on. It's going down. Oh, okay, so big news. Obviously, the biggest news going on over here on the Space Coast. And we'd really, really like to uh, utilize this show, or at least part of the show, as a platform to be able to uh, get our message out there and try and gain support from everyone who listens to the show or who's come down here on a boondoggle or who just passed through the Space Coast area loves the way that it looks and you know what the no motor zone offers to us kayakers 
So our lovely friends out at Port Canaveral have decided that they want to try and uh, design and build a railroad crossing that would take cargo from Port Canaveral across the Banana River north of 528, which would put you into the no motor zone area. The actual crossing wouldn't go through technically the no motor zone. It would go through it just south of it, but the implications to what it could do north of where it's supposed to be set could be catastrophic at best. So, of course, leading the good fight, as always, Captain Alex, Alex Grichke, uh did what he does best, and that's stand up in front of a group of people from Washington and in front of the port commissioner and his cast of friends and uh, pretty much explain to everybody what, what's ex- what's really truly at stake here, more so than just, you know, putting up a railroad track. I mean, there's a possibility for a lot of really bad things to come from that. And uh, most of you guys who are listening will probably also be following us on Facebook. You probably have seen that my profile picture, uh, along with Alex's and a whole list of other people's, has changed over the last couple of days. So if you are listening and you see what our profile pictures are, please do us a favor, show your support to try and stop the the use of the motor zone area, or let's just call it the North Banana River, for, uh, we don't, well, let me back up. We don't want to stop the railroad per se. We just don't want them to do it the way they want to do it. Right? We're not against growth. We're not like what do you call it? We're not. Well, we're not hippies. Hippies. <laughs> we're not hippie hippie hippies. But uh, you know, I just I, th- I think that it's it's an opportunity for us to get our voices heard to let folks know that there's a lot more going on uh, than what most of the general public will find out, right, Alex? Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, a perfect example of that that was um, the port decided to to spend, you know, $85,000 over the the uh, expected 12 months, um, and that's all whole, wholeheartedly and 100% only to to try to sell this railway to the people of the Space Coast. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm of the mind that you don't need to spend $85,000 in PR company if you're not in the first place. Um, if your plan was forward-looking and, and, and actually took into account... Uh, you know, our natural beauty, which is one of the biggest draws to this area, and uh, then you wouldn't you wouldn't have to spend time in PR because everybody would be on board with you. You know, it's um, it's like you said, it's you know, it's uh, the implications. Even though it is on the southern end of what would be considered true no motor zone, um, you know, the implications of another another earthen causeway, with a good portion of this is expected to be. Um, any 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 bit of fill dirt that, that touches this river is a bad idea. Um, I don't I don't care what it's for. Uh, any any bit of fill dirt, and especially when you're talking about a causeway, that's kind of where the the no fill no kill kind of was born from. 
it's uh, you know its potential to to destroy even more habitat that's already been destroyed. Uh, because duh, mind you, you know our lagoons aren't aren't healthy representations of what these waterways should be. Um, none of them are. Uh, it's a mosquito lagoon included. Even though Mosquito Lagoon is holding out much better because it's so rural up there, there no, you know, there's no development on Mosquito Lagoon. Uh, once you head south in the Indian River Lagoon, there's development, and the Banana River Lagoon the same. The further south you go, the more development. And the more development you have, the less of everything you have. Um, you know, you know. I mean, a lot of the listeners that live maybe just a touch south of, of you know, the actual no motor zone. Those areas in the Indian River down in Palm Bay and Melbourne and you know, those areas used to be live with grass and lush and beautiful areas and they're just they're nothing now. There's not a, a, a blade of grass and and uh, it's pretty it's a pretty uh, stark reminder of what we're doing to the area. And we certainly can't continue to do that without thinking you know, without thinking about it. You know that, Chuck. I mean we uh you know, we all live off of this floor. It doesn't matter if you've never even touched a fishing pole. It still is very vital to your life, you know. And they thought the Space Center closing down was bad for the area. Wait till you know, even more dead fish are floating up. And more dead manatees. And, you know, all that stuff is bad stuff, so. Well, I mean, it is, it is truly one of the last, you know, strongholds of seagrass that we have in the Banana River. I mean, I, as you said, I don't think I don't think you can drive down through the Banana River in a boat and find more than more than an acre of uh, of grass anywhere south of the 528. So. I really, honestly, can't. And and I've tried, you know. I've, and uh, as recently as days before these these sourcing meetings. Um, you know, for those that are listening, and, and I've been trying to work on a lot of stuff to get on the Internet, and it's like I'm, I'm going 100 miles a minute and not getting anywhere. So I'm kind of having to reorg myself. But, um, you know, for those that are interested and are listening right now, a little history, um, you know, Port Canaveral is a port authority. It's not like down in Sebastian Inlet where there's nobody really running. There's no commerce that goes through. Um, same with up in Ponce Inlet. There's really no commerce that goes through. There's no, I believe, port authority for there. Um, areas like Jacksonville have a port authority. Large commerce-filled ports, um, Port of Miami, Port of Everglades, those areas. Uh, our port authority has, for years, tried several different schemes, air quotes, um, to bring in more money and more and more more people. Um, for the longest time now, uh, rail, or uh, not rail, but cargo has kind of taken a back burner. Um, several different uh, cargo-minded operations have, have popped up and failed out there. Um, there's one of them still sitting. I think most of the stuff is torn down now because of the new terminal. Uh, but they had an offloading station for a certain type of cargo. Uh, it was a little br- a bridge that went over top of the road as you went out to uh, Jetty Park. Um, it was a conveyor belt, and that thing never even ran. You know, they've tried stuff and, and have failed. Um, they've been pushing hard for for uh, cruise terminal and uh, the big new cruise terminal that they're building right now and, and cruise, cruise, cruise. Um, right alongside of that, though, they're also trying to push this rail thing. And it's really kind of conflicting, uh, especially in terms of the fact that 
Um, they themselves feel that cruise money isn't enough money, or at least that's what they tell you in the rail meetings. Of course, in a cruise meeting, they're going to tell you it's the end-all, be-all. Um, you know, so they're kind of they kind of play both sides of the game that way, and um, it's just kind of the way they operate. They're self-sustaining. They don't um, they don't take any tax money from the local area. Um, however, for the first 25 years of the Port Authority, it was uh, it was paid for by tax dollars. Uh, we all had a tax. Well, most of us, I think. Uh, actually, I don't think I paid taxes on it. Chuck, you probably didn't either. Um, but somebody along our lines paid taxes on the port. Um, now it's self-sustaining, and they basically are they are a commerce uh, engine, and it basically does nothing but feeds the beasts. Um, it doesn't really contribute other than uh, jobs. Um, that's one of their biggest pushes with all of these operations is jobs. And it's just never really panned out, and, and it won't, um, especially with the cargo. A lot of that stuff's automated now. Um, there's much less people it takes to run that stuff. It's all heavily unionized. And uh, the man at the rail union finds these nice, cushy jobs down here in, in lovely, sunny Florida. All those people are going to be looking uh, from up north are going to be looking to uh, head down here for their last five years before retirement. Um, you know, it's not going to... It's not going to add 100 jobs to our area. Um, they um, they've decided uh, they they had a they decided to have a plan, and their plan was to up cargo. Uh, we saw anybody who's visited the port lately sees it by the large cargo crane that they have over there on the north side. Um, Chuck, you've seen it. We've gone cruising underneath it a couple times. Um, it's a massive uh, it's a massive setup. The whole that whole uh, basin right there. They reconfigured the whole edge of the basin, uh, turned it into a large wharf along it. Um, and this was all before they even came public with any kind of rail plan or anything like that. So these plans were ready to rock and roll regardless. Um, and we're going to be shoved down our throat whether we want it or not. Uh, the uh, first phase of their plan uh, in the very first meetings, which they actually uh, actually said to us was basically a done deal. Um, wasn't going to be stopped, and it was uh, probably going to be going by the summer of 2015. was the very first phase, and that was barge to rail. And basically, they were going to send barges out of Port Canaveral through the barge canal up into the Indian River uh, to one of the uh, uh, power plants up in Port St. John and, uh, and then connect it to railway there uh, through a little short passageway over in there's rail that runs real close in Port St. John. Duck, you know that. You live right there. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it runs right in by the river right there, and they were going to come in. Well, that plan that they they, they themselves said was 100% that it was going um, is dead in the water. Uh, they were unable to secure grants to do it. Uh, they were unable to secure any support, and they had a large uh, group of homeowners that lived in a condo right where they expected to have this railhead at. Uh, basically freaked out on them and uh, and shut it down. Um, so their their all plan, their final plan, was the so-called Port Canaveral cargo rail extension. And like Chuck said, it was sending a cargo rail out of the north side of Port Canaveral into uh, the Banana River, across the Banana River, um, and then into the shoreline on the west side of the no-motor zone. 
um, all of that shoreline, as soon as it connects into the shoreline, is all part of the Merritt Island Wildlife Refuge. And, uh, and is a sliver of land, um, which is one of the one of the also most tragic parts about this plan as it goes, um, is the, the idea that they are going to uh, to industrialize that sliver of land, um, even in NASA's farthest projections of growth of the space center. Um, that land basically and would never be touched. Um, and uh, you know, it's kind of sad to think that a section of land in the you know in Merritt Island. Uh, would potentially go untouched forever, um, and that that's not going to be the case at this point in time if this goes through. Um, the uh, the 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 area we're in right now, or the the situation I'd like to say that we're in right now, um, phase of this project that we're in, is they are attempting to secure their uh, environmental impacts uh, study or summary. Um, and this environmental impact summary will basically tell them, A, whether or not it can even be done, or whether or, or the are the environmental offsets going to be so bad that, that they can't even do it in the first place. Um, if it can be done, um, where is the best positioning for this said railway? Um, like Chuck said, I don't think any of us are against growth. Um, you can't be. Uh, Port Canaveral does have a bit of a problem, um, and they don't seem to realize they have no more room, and they're willing to take over land that is not really land, it's river at this point in time to make more room um, because they are uh, dutifully righted it by the United States government in 1963. Um, there's a large section of land that's all around the port that they own, um, and they are going to develop it. Uh, the port has uh, has continuously put uh, growth that necessarily isn't in the best interest of of your local community, um, and and that's been shown time after time. Uh, anyways, the uh, the the ability that for them to be able to continue with this rail will be obviously contingent on them being able to mitigate the damage that they're going to do to the environment and to the people that are going to be affected by said railway. Um, right now, uh, the scoping meetings just happened uh, last week, and I uh, just went to the Tuesday one. Um, I was at both, uh, along with the very first meetings. It was a two-day or a one-day meeting, two meetings in one day, about two and a half months ago. Um, the scoping meetings and the scoping period uh, is basically to hear the concerns of us, of the people um, that are going to be affected. And um, obviously the, the animals that are going to be affected don't have a, a voice. So those of us that, that care um, are speaking for them. And, uh, and until December 19th, um, at December 19th, they take all of their comments that they got in public comments and then also um, letters and, of concern that are going to be written by the FWC, uh, the Maritime Wildlife Refuge, things of that nature. Um, after December 19th, they collect all this data, and then they go back and and they make this uh, environmental impact study. Um, and at that point in time, they make a draft of it. They come back and uh, do more um, public meetings. Uh, and we'll have another opportunity to see what they have come up with. 
um, to see this environmental impact study and to make sure that our concerns are heard. Um, really, like I said, we don't um, don't don't uh, want to deny the growth. Um, there's already land uh, 528. If you've ever been to Port Canaveral, for those of, of you guys that aren't aren't right local from the area, um, 528 comes straight across. It's already an earthen causeway. It's already done the damage and continues to do the damage uh, that it's going to do. Um, it's not going to stop doing that damage unless it gets turned into a, a non-earthen causeway, which is impossible to happen. Uh, you know, you you know as well as I do, Chuck, and, and most of our listeners that uh, the earthen causeways are one of the biggest problems of our lagoon um, due to the way the water flows and the lack of tides. Um, we get the wind-driven current, and it goes from north to south, and every causeway uh, blocks that. Uh, 528's been blocking it for years. Uh, if we put it on 528, the railway runs right up through already tainted land. Um, you know, that's a great option. Uh, the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station doesn't want anything to do with it, but they literally have railway where they want to go. Um, stays on land the entire time. Uh, so there's other options. Uh, they just need to really look at them. And I believe the cheapest and quickest is to run through land that Basically, they think nobody cares about, and uh, I frankly want to let them know different. There are people that care about the land, and uh, and and they're going to see it and they're going to hear it. Um, you know, I definitely ask that if you're listening to this right now, I know I'm kind of ranting, Chuck. I told you in the truck I was probably going to go nuts on it. Um, it's all right. You know, hopefully I gave people gave people a little bit of an idea of where we sit. Um, December nineteenth, like I said, is that cutoff date for you to get a written, a verbal. Uh, any kind of comment like that to the STB, uh, which is the Surface Transportation Board. We have instructions on how to do all of this on the No Fill, No Kill website, or not website, but Facebook page. Um, super easy to find. Hopefully everybody listening is on Facebook. If you can't find info on Facebook or you're not on Facebook and you're listening, and whatever, I don't care if, you know, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna, along with hopefully other people, will put this pod or this uh, this out as the podcast, um, so people can kind of understand what's going on. Um, feel free to call me at three two one four eight zero three two five five. That's three two one four eight zero three two five five. If you have any questions about what the rail is planning or what the port is planning with the rail, um, if you have any comments or any help. Uh, if you know a, a phone number or, or an email of somebody who you think could be influential, um, the the EIS, which is the Environmental Impact Study, is going to be collected together by the Surface Transportation Board, and they deal with railways and things of that nature. Um, that's why they're heading it up. Um, it also involves the Coast Guard because they're going to go over water, um, the wildlife refuge because they're going through there. Everybody's going to have a say in this, and including us. Um, if you do contact the STB, the Surface Transportation Board, via the, the websites that we have posted up, um, please try to ask them pointed questions. How is this going to affect the for turtles that are endangered? How is this going to affect the migrations of fiddler crabs along the shorelines? It seems crazy, but if we have them looking at every crab and every snail and every bird and every plant 
that stuff that slows it down. And the farther we slow down, the longer we slow down and draw out the process, not only does it help in hopefully delaying it enough to where maybe someday it'll give up, but I doubt it, um, but it'll also give us time to help get get together and get people, uh, you know, to know about what what is what is happening. Um, a lot of people, I, I think, honestly, don't even know. Um, if you don't, if you didn't pick up a uh, a newspaper, you probably wouldn't have a clue this was happening. Um, they don't go public with much, and we, it takes vigilance to stay on top of these these kind of things. Um, so when when you do sit down to look at writing that that letter to the STB, um, and that's going to need to be in by December 19th, um, ask them how this affects the horseshoe crabs that breed in the lagoon, um, things of that nature. Um, if you're emotional, like I get very much about this, Chuck, you've seen me. Mm-hmm. I don't walk up there and stand. I don't walk up there and timidly stand it at the mic and say, you guys, this is not right. I'm emotional about it. I grab that mic up. I tell them what they're doing wrong and what they've done and what they're thinking about doing and how it's going to affect. Um, if you're emotional like that, STB doesn't need to know about that. That does nothing for an environmental impact study. Um, your emotion doesn't help an environmental impact study. Your emotion helps when you call your county commissioners. Your emotion helps when you send a letter to your county commissioners or when you send a letter to the senators or when you send a letter to somebody of that nature. Those people need to hear about this. This goes to D.C. Those people are elected, and they're elected by us. And if you get enough people telling elected officials that they're livid about something, it gets done. People, you know, it's... Uh, you know, the environment, especially ecotourism in our area, Chuck, you're right in the heart of it. Tom at, at, at Kayaks by Boat, right in the heart of it. Our lagoons and our wildlife refuge is arguably the biggest engine in this area. Um, I think it's $3.7 billion it brings to this area, the lagoon, the areas, yeah. you know, associated waters. You know, that's a monumental number. I can guarantee you, guarantee you, there is no way that Port Canaveral putting a railway across that lagoon is going to bring $3.7 billion to this local economy. Not going to happen. You know, we've, uh, Bavard County as a, as a group, we've all done it who live here and our taxes, our commissioners, I was, I've been to the commissioner meetings. They've spent um, exorbitant amount of money um, driving ecotourism to the Space Coast. And, you know, to think that something like this would be even thought of and so counterproductive to to what you would imagine for for coastal tourism, ecotourism, is is beyond me. Um, you know, Chuck, I know I'm kind of I'm kind of running on about it, but uh, um, hopefully it. Hopefully somebody who wasn't going to do anything or was, you know, I don't mind having my face out there. I don't mind being the person that walks into the room in these meetings and with the suits on and people that are trying to do this stuff are whispering in the background, that's that guy. 
you know, I don't mind being that person. I'll put myself out there like that. You know, if you're not that person, if it's, a, if it's not you to go stand in front of the crowd and say this is wrong, you know, by all means, on the back end, you can do that. You can do that at your computer. You know, we've all seen the, the keyboard cowboys jump off on social media, you know. Every every day there's another keyboard cowboy getting on, you know, getting a little frisky out there. Um, you know, turn that into something good <laughs> for once, you know. Do something good with it. Get emotional about them potentially ruining, um, you know, this beautiful area. And, and write a letter to um, Bill Nelson, uh, one of our, our senators. You know, write a letter to... Uh, to uh, the county commissioners. Uh, Trudy Infantati, uh, I believe her last name is, uh, she's one of our county commissioners. Um, she's not liked by a lot of people, but she's usually a champion on, on environmental issues. And she was one of the few people um, that I saw. She was the only Bavaria County commissioner that I saw at, uh, at I don't, I'm not sure about the second meeting because there was a lot more people at the second meeting. But uh, that Tuesday night that you were there, Chuck, uh, that we did the one in Titusville, she was there. Um, uh, a really good name. If you're emotional and you're angry, send a letter to Steve Crisofoli. Steve Crisofoli is the representative for Merritt Island, for North Merritt Island. His family actually homesteaded a good portion of the uh, area that's going to actually have this railway running through it. He's since given it up to NASA and sold it off in parcels, but his family was the first family of North Merritt Island, uh, one of the first families of North Merritt Island. Um, this is his backyard. He wasn't at any of the meetings. Give him a call. Write him a letter. Steve Crisofoli is actually the newly seated speaker of the Florida House of Representatives, and um, and it would be nice to, to at least hear his opinion on uh, if you're angry about it, let him know. You know, these are the people that can actually do do something with your emotion. Um, the 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 surface transportation board, they don't need your emotion. They need to be asked to look for uh, what did the gentleman say? Uh, the second night, Chuck, you weren't there. He said, if there is an orchid that only blooms on June 9th, the night of June 9th. And that's the only time we can see that orchid bloom, and that orchid could be impacted. And we got to wait till the night of June 9th to see that orchid and make sure it's going to be okay by what we're doing. You know, so I told him right then and there, while he was standing on the stage, that I'm going hunting for orchids, and that's what I want everybody to do. You know, a grass shrimp, so vital to this area. So if there's no grass, where's the grass shrimp? Okay. So things like that, correlations and, and effects, uh, are things that these people need to look at, and and that's where you can get it done at. And I've done about 40 minutes of talking about this now, so Chuck, I'll stop for a minute. <laughs> no, man, trust me, it's okay. <clears throat> this is a uh, it's a message we got to get out there. That's all there is to that. Yeah. You know, so, and that's um, you know. That's one of the things that I've tried to express to people, um, especially people that I just meet in daily life, that aren't necessarily anglers or bird watchers or hunters, for that matter, you know, duck hunters or, you know, not necessarily somebody that is a direct uh, 
user of the resource. You know, when you speak to these people, all they can, oh, it's just jobs, you know, no big deal. But I, I don't, it's it's hard for some people to correlate how vital these bodies of water that are around our area are to this area. Um, and in so many ways that aren't just affected by you wanting to jump in the water and go swimming with the kids. Um, it's it's really, you know, I mean, anybody who's lived close to here over the past few years has noticed, uh, especially if you're a fisherman, the explosions of the red algae grass. Um, it's, it's exploded out there at Pine Island, those areas I was fishing a couple days ago. And, um, Chuck, it's amazing to see what it's done out there. I mean, explosion of the stuff. Um, and that stuff stinks, and it rots, and it creates dead zones. There was one at Kelly Park for months, and it was all because of that rotten red algae grass. Um, literally a dead zone right behind Kelly Park. And it, sm- it stunk. It was the most putrid thing you could ever drive by, and you had to drive by it every single day. You know, things like that are going to continue to happen if we don't take care of this lagoon, um, you know, the, the, the story I told, uh, that night that, uh, the Wednesday night of the sourcing meetings, um, you know, when my dad and my aunt who was in the room were kids, they ate oysters out of the banana river right behind their house, um, right there by the hospital. I mean, right there, right off the, they eat oysters. I mean, there was oyster beds. There was, you know, not all over, but there was oysters on all the, docks and seawalls and, you know, they'd eat oysters. And uh, I know when, you know, when you were younger, Chuck, um, I rem- you know, of course you got to remember the all the, the clamors in the Indian River. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, when I was a kid, we we camped out at, at the island back behind Manatee Cove every weekend almost. And every weekend we could go out there down to the little sandbar on the island at Manatee Cove and dig our feet around for about five minutes and have more clams than you would ever want to eat. Little cherry clams, big fat, giant clams, all kinds of clams. You know, my son, who's 10 year, you know, 12 years old, I could not show him a clam in this river if I wanted to. You know, it's looking, if we don't do something, that there's a potential. If there is a house anywhere within a mile of water, then there's not going to be any seagrass. And there's going to be a potential that my son might not even be able to show his kids seagrass in our lagoons. And that's a scary freaking thought, man. Scary yeah. thought. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not something that, uh, that I would want to uh, have to try and explain to your kids about where all the life went. I mean, the decline in... In, in the seagrass alone has just been incredible. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate to where most of our fisheries, most of the fish within the fisheries, haven't taken too big of a hit. Um, but this could definitely put a, a whooping on all that. Yeah, this, you know, uh, you really have to look into the downrange effects of it, too, you know. Does us not having a decade of no grass, you know, reduce our spawning fish because of our things like our spawning redfish in the area and sea trout that spawn? You know, does it, you know, make those fry more susceptible so we have less spawned out, you know, or less year, you know, smaller year classes every year? 
you know, it's 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 a scary thought, and I just like to I like to see people um, actually kind of pay attention to it, and it's really cool seeing the Facebook uh, the Facebook news feed right now with everybody's uh, everybody's um, profile pictures changed changed over to the the no fill no kill logo, and uh, it, at least there's there's some eyes on it, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it's all about raising awareness and just trying to show your passion and show our passion for what we have here and try and protect it. I mean it is it's one of those things, man. Just like with Shiloh, we're gonna <clears throat> until we get our hands on the property and get it deeded over to uh, the Department of Interior or something like that. Um, I don't I don't know that we're ever gonna not be able to let our guard down and <clears throat> you know just understand that this is our little slice of heaven that we have, you know. It's always going to be under attack for some purpose other than um, something being beneficial to the river itself. It's crap. <laughs> it's crap. But, yeah, I mean, did you give out? It's not all that. Yeah, it's not all that, you know. I mean, there's. it's not all doom and gloom, you know. There's not dead manatees floating up on my dock or uh, on the ski wall next to my house right now, you know. But there is issues, and and uh, you know the more vigilant we stay, and the more we attempt to correct some of the wrongs of the past, because um, that's really what it boils down to. It boils down to 40 and 50 years ago when the people planned these cities along along these coastal lagoons. They have no tides, um, you know. They set the ball in motion a long time ago, and and we can't go. You know, there is no time machine. We can't go rewind. Um, if we ever want to see um, when we go, these are good days or these are the days instead of whatever happened to the good old days. You know, it's going to take work and it's going to take fixing problems. Um, it's going to take septic tanks out, getting people on on sewer lines, which seems so simple. Um, yet is not being done, you know, and would have a great impact on on the health of the lagoons. To think that they would even allow somebody at any point in time to put a septic tank next to a fucking, or, or sorry, can you, uh, we'll have to bleep that one out. <laughs> but to think that they would ever, you know, anybody would ever, it's a good idea to have a septic tank right, right next to them. Yeah. <laughs> question is, or the answer is, he's been now expelled from Kayak Fishing Radio. What is his name? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Captain Alan Skirsky. Yeah. You're going to have to put me on a 10-second delay with a dump button. No crap. But, um, That's all right. No, That's you know, right. Yeah. You know, you gotta. Sometimes that that emotion is flowing, but you know, it's it's all our resource, and and even uh, even people that aren't from here, you know, people that listen to this from from far away, uh, you know, have come here from a poor boondog, and you know, happen to be listening to this and enjoy the the area of Cars Park or enjoy the the lagoons that we have. You know, it's it's your fight too. Um, you know, if you want to come back to these places and and see the 
the beauty that brought you here in the first place, then, you know, it's it's your fight too. It's it's not just for us right here in the impact zone, like I say. Um, it's it's for everybody that, that it touches and it touches everybody. So very well spoken, my man. Yes, yes indeed. Thank you, sir. Let's see if I can find it. Yep. I just I just want to know when we're going to stretch our legs out on that PA-17 in the old no-motor zone. As soon as humanly possible. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting vessel, and, um, you know, it's, it's it's neat to see Hobie still trying to push and do some new different things, even though uh, they have a such a tried-and-true um, lineup. You know, they could basically just sit back and coast if they wanted to. Uh, but they're still trying to, you know, trying to innovate and, and, and come up with different options for people and, you know, something that's probably not for everybody, but I can guarantee you it's for somebody, that's for sure. I think that those somebodies are, 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 the, two, are the two people that you guys are listening to right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, apparently we have a... Uh, <laughs> we have a... Uh, Major announcement coming down today from the wonderful city of Ferguson. This will happen at 9 o'clock. I just hope that uh, whichever way that this verdict goes, not trying to get political, but whichever way this verdict goes, that people stay safe and use better judgment than to destroy, you know, businesses and property in and around cities and whatnot that, you know, you don't have the responsibility of trying to, to rebuild after the damage has been done. So, yeah. Crazy. This, this, uh, Crazy. this great country was built on civil disobedience, but, you know, you certainly don't need to be uncivil about it. So, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I'm sure it weighs on a lot of people's mind what, what's gonna, what the fallout could be from from this particular situation. But may stronger heads prevail. I don't know. I yes. just saw something on Facebook. I'm skimming through Facebook, and I just saw something on Facebook about uh, a woman says we're ready for Ferguson. Accidentally shoots herself in the head and dies. <laughs> so I don't know. Getting crazy already. Oh man! Getting, getting crazy. On a, lighter, on a lighter, yeah, on a lighter note. So yeah, December the sixth, um, Vicky Saley and Tammy Wilson will be having their ladies. How did they word it? Do you remember how they worded it? I'm trying to find it right now. I can't. I can't remember how what they said. Stand by. I'll find it. I'm here somewhere. Um, anyhow, they're going to be doing a ladies kayak fishing class seminar of sorts on the water. Um, you will learn everything from launching a kayak to paddling a kayak to, as they say, how to go to the bathroom while you're out there on a kayak. So there you go. All kinds of... Uh, all kinds of uh, interesting information to be had at that particular event. For more information, feel free to call the shop 
uh, 321-302-6204 if you'd like to sign your wife up or your girlfriend up for that. Noon, we'll have Captain Alex Gritsky doing a seminar on... We're going to look at some sheep's head fishing. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a, a quick little, you know, 30, 45 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, going to be uh, information-packed, of course. Uh, I'm going to have some hands-on things, so there should be some fun little critters to look at. Uh, we'll go over the, you know, the tips and techniques and tactics and uh, rigging and uh, also kind of overview of, of, of hooking, uh, which is one of the hardest parts of sheep's head fishing. Um, you know, also, uh, you know, care, care of fish and, and, uh, cleaning, which is, I would possibly like to try to get a hold of one, uh, to at least have there to show you guys. Um, they are a little bit of a pain to clean sometimes. They like to poke you a lot. Um, but, uh, super excellent eating fish. Uh, and we actually have a really good, of course, uh, amount of them here on the Space Coast every year, uh, in the winter. They actually migrate kind of from the lagoons and backwaters, um, all the docks and bridges and and all that that, that are up and down the lagoons and, and mangrove shorelines. Um, and the breeder-sized ones actually head to Port Canaveral and uh, meet with other ones that come in from the ocean. Uh, you know, I know Chuck's seen some of the ones that have gotten speared out there. Uh, there's some big, giant sheep's head to live out on, on the reefs and wrecks uh, out off of the Space Coast. Uh, those fish actually meet up with the other fish from the lagoons, and they all kind of do a big spawning thing off of the beaches. Uh, Wintertime is a great time to get them. Uh, doesn't matter if you're land-based or in a kayak um, or even in a boat. Uh, the jetties in Fort Canaveral area are, are excellent. Um, and then leading up to, uh, there are some areas that are really good uh, in the lagoons, uh, kind of where they stage as they, they start to head through. So we'll go over all that and, and uh, have some little critters to play with. Hopefully I'm going to be able to dig up a pistol shrimp and, and some of the more off-the-wall baits that you can use and then also some you know some good old fiddler crabs and uh, stuff like that. And, and uh, it should be a good time. And I uh, definitely give you uh, an overview and an understanding of what you uh, could potentially be looking at if you were to want to go do uh, some sheep's head fishing. Which is a great great way to put some meat in the cooler. Um, you know, Chuck and things are about as good 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 eating as it gets. Um, there's uh, there's only a few fish in the lagoons in the river that I actually will target for for eat you know the eating value. Uh, and if I get clients that want that want meat, I don't go after redfish and sea trout. Um, if I get clients that want meat, we go go hit up the sheep's head for a little while or black drum or something along those lines. So uh sheep's head, great fish. Uh it's a great uh you know, great pull your uh pull your slow day uh right up out of the out of the dumpster and um and go ahead and put a couple of fish in the boat. Uh they're usually readily available throughout the entire year. And uh bait can be as easy as stopping and picking up a uh piece of uh barnacle encrusted wood and getting some crabs off that sucker. So it should be a good time, and I definitely want to come out and hang out at KBB Outfitters and go check out Kayaks by Bo. Go buy yourself a new kayak and a four or five new setups to go hop in and fish with and have, have some fun. Cool. I found the flyer for uh, Vicky and Tammy's <clears throat> Women's Kayak Fishing Seminar. So it's two chicks with over 20 years of kayak fishing experience. 
and over 50 years of combined fishing experience. In total, it's a free seminar, three hours of on-the-water training, so to speak. Uh, learn the basics of kayak fishing, including loading and unloading your kayak, setting your kayak up for fishing, kayak control out on the water, types of lures and how to use them, rigging and knots, casting from a kayak, fish handling, photographing your fish, release techniques, and safety, bathroom breaks, and more. The seminar is for novice lady anglers interested in learning about kayak angling. Class size is limited down to 10 anglers, so please register at KBB Outfitters, 410 South Hopkins Avenue, Tysville, Florida, 321-474-9365. And then uh, that, that is, again, from December the 6th, from 8 to 11, weather permitting, and after that, Alex goes on at noon-ish, and then uh, we may or may not have another seminar going on after that before we have our fly tying demonstration of the evening, which starts at 6 o'clock with Stephen Lester of Wild Florida Outdoors. So there you go. Excellent. Uh, also, we'll have uh, somebody from the American Tackle Company to t discuss the microwave rods. I believe we're going to have a, a representative also for wave spin fishing reels who wants to be on hand, and uh, you know a bunch of other stuff going on. Of course, the Black Friday slash before Christmas sales will still be going on. So feel free to hit me up if you have any questions, concerns, or comments. I'm going to jump off of here, folks, because I'm interested in seeing what's going on. Um, with the news, and with that being said, Alex, quick plug. Well, if you guys want to come out and do some fishing, hang out, whatever it is, kids got the kayaks, give me a call at 321-48255. That call if you're looking for information on the rail project. Uh, if you're looking for on the internet, googlefindcharters.com. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, it's Local Lines Guide Service, or Alex Gerichi. And I'm on Instagram, too. Local Lines Chart. Check out uh, Instagram, too. Hashtag KBB Outfitters. I've been trying to get him pictures up there. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. If you, <laughs> again, that's Local, yeah, if that's local Lines. Go ahead. Huh? What was that? And that is local lines. Yeah, locallinescharters.com. Um, yeah. And that's Captain Alex for that. And uh, real quick, let me run through my list of folks. Uh, I want to thank RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Hobie. Of course, Hobie. Um, so stoked about the 17. Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, Ego Nets, ENO, Adventures Custom Rods, Powerful, Slayer Inc., Bending Branches, Intova Cameras, and Seabeck. And uh, to everybody out there listening, hope you guys have a safe and pleasant evening. And uh, we'll see you back here next Monday to kid fishing and the future of our sport. Thanks again, Alex. Appreciate it, man. Yes, indeed. Hey, uh, Mr. Pepe and my dad, the Cuban sensation. Shoot him up out there tomorrow morning, man. Yeah, indeed. Uh, good luck out there, buddy. Stay safe. Hope all the duck hunters are going to be safe out there in the next couple of days. Um, and that's it. Make sure your, uh, your barrels are clean so you don't have any crazy blowouts. Later, guys. Take it easy. Thank you.